Hey, VV Nation. Well, you found our podcast on your favorite platform for podcasts. We know that you'll love the content, and hopefully it makes you better informed investors in the stock market. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can go to YouTube, Facebook, Reddit, and Instagram. Just search for VectorVest, and remember, we do the work, you reap the rewards. Hey, VV Nation. Welcome back for part two of our special interview with our founder, Dr. Bartolito. Let's get into it. Uh, I have an essay that I've, probably my favorite essay I've, I've read over the years of actually being here. Um, you know, obviously I've read more than that since my father used VectorVest well before I started uh, working here. October 4th of 2019, uh, you wrote an essay about the modern monetary theory. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the most fascinating articles or, or essays I've probably read uh, because, you know, being an economics major, I find this type of topic very fascinating. Modern monetary theory believes that it's uh, as long as aggregate demand doesn't outstrip real goods and services available for purchase, then inflation should be a non-factor. In the modern monetary framework, uh, how do you see the effects of lockdowns and stimulus playing a role on the markets over the next year or two years? Um, Because that seems to be, you know, especially with all the moves that the Fed has made, that Congress has made, we seem to be trying to move into more of a uh, modern monetary policy rather than the traditional policies that, that we've been used to. Responsible. So the Federal Reserve is responsible for managing the total outstanding supply of U.S. dollars and dollar substitutes. Uh, and then one step further of that is that, you know, modern monetary policy basically states that they can create an infinite money supply um, as long as it is the demand doesn't outpace how many, you know, uh, goods and services are out there. So now we're all of a sudden seeing shortages. Um, so demand is outpacing the uh, goods and services. And we've started seeing inflation picking up because of that based off the modern monetary uh, theory there. Um, and you know, is that, is that sustainable? Do you, do you agree with that, that we are still moving more towards that modern monetary policy where basically, you know, companies or the government basically can create infinite supply because they're the new world order. You know, the dollar is so strong and so widely used that they're too big to fail essentially. Um, and so therefore the, the debt that we have, the, the, trillions of dollars that we have in debt isn't really as big of a worry as it used to be um, because we're focusing more on the new uh, policies rather than the old mindset of Keynesian economics. I got to ask you a question. Sure. Do you believe, do you believe this is true? Yes. Um, You know, you wrote this back in 2019 and I never forget this article. And when I see you know, what happened in 2020 with the lockdowns, um, the the policies that have been made by the Fed and by Congress or the government over the last few years, uh, you know, they're all reminiscent of your essay. So I feel it's very true um, that we seem to be moving into that type of mentality. Uh, I guess time will tell how how uh, effective, you know, going off of unlimited spending will, will be. But um, yeah, it does seem that, that we're starting to move towards this modern monetary theory. Well, it, 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 I, wrote this, I wrote this back in 2019. 
And that's when it really started. Uh, you remember Ben Bernanke? Mm-hmm. Helicopter he Ben. Said, he said that if they had to spur the economy on again, they can drop money from airplanes. <laughs> that's essentially what Biden is doing. He can't spend enough money. I mean, he's spending trillions and trillions. Mm-hmm. I listened to him this morning on TV. He's giving $15 billion to this country and billions to for this and billions for that. And uh, that theory is fatally flawed. The, monet, the new monetary theory is a joke. Is a joke. Because, so you know, this is what, this is what uh, happened to Venezuela. You know, the politicians used to give people uh, refrigerators and stoves and stuff like that to be elected. And now the politicians are giving people free money. And one of these days, uh, you know, these problems are going to come home to roost, I feel. I, I wrote this, I wrote this with a tinge of sarcasm in it. Uh, it's called fiat money. All you need is ink and a printing press. I think now, that printing press is running out of ink soon. Something's going to happen <laughs> uh, because, well, it's 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 really the first step towards socialism. And there's a lot of people that are interested in getting something for nothing. I didn't grow up like that. And the United States didn't become the greatest country in the history of the planet that way. But I'm afraid that there are forces there that are heading us in that direction. I don't want to talk politics, but you know that inflation is out of the box. Powell has not raised interest rates yet. Mm -hmm. And they're telling us that Inflation is temporary because they don't want you to panic. Well, one of these days, maybe a year from now, they're going to be saying the same thing. But, you know, there's this great economist. He was uh, the head of economy, economics department at MIT. And he said, there's no free lunches. And everybody's looking for a free lunch. Well, one of these days, the free lunches aren't going to be available anymore. Now, Margaret Thatcher became, you know, the head of the uh, prime minister of Great Britain, the, U the United Kingdom, after Winston Churchill uh, was defeated. Winston Churchill was a great guy, you know, he, he brought the UK through the war and everything, and then he got defeated because the people were tired of him and they were looking for a free lunch. So the UK voted him out and they started going down a tube because they wanted they they, they wanted to head towards socialism. Well, Margaret Thatcher came along about the same time that uh, 
Ronald Reagan was president in the 80s, and she tightened the screws. And she says that socialism is good until you run out of money. And you're going to run out of money, even if you're printing it. And so, because- yeah, just to, to quote the very last, last line of this essay, it's the part that I remember the most. Uh, you stated, you know, once upon a time, our politicians acted like they cared about the national debt, but those days are gone. A new line of thinking has taken over, which explains a lot. It says that sovereign countries like the U.S. are not operationally constrained by revenues when it comes to federal government spending. It's called the new monetary theory. So that goes along with with what uh, you know we've seen with the the lockdowns, the stimulus checks we've seen over the last year, uh, the increased unemployment benefits, um, and, and it seems like nobody worries about those those national debt issues anymore. It's all about, you know, spending, spending, spending. And even no matter what side of the aisle you're on, it's all about spending anymore. Nobody, there's nobody out there that seems to be fighting for, you know, fixing the national debt that much anymore. So. Well, we got to be careful. We can't say there's nobody. (laughs) Very few. Let me say very few. (laughs) (laughs) Party in power doesn't seem to be worried about it. True. So a little a little more lighthearted here. Um, you know, those are some of the harder questions. Uh, as we all know, you're the stock guru. Uh, any hot stocks that you're looking at currently? I know, you know, you gave us uh, Extro Technologies a, a year and a half ago almost at this point when it was 30, 40 cents on the share. Um, we all see what that's done. You have any other hot stocks you're looking at? Well, I'm always looking for hot stocks. <laughs> I can tell you what my favorite stock is, and it sort of stalled a little while now for a little while, but it's going to go higher as time goes by, and that's NVIDIA. I love NVIDIA. They are the superstars of of, uh, computing. They are in so many things. They are so far ahead of anybody else. It's unreal. But I bought another stock just recently. Um, go into uh, Stock Viewer. Here, R-G-E-N. Yep. Look at the graph of that stock. It's up seven points today. Uh, Patrick, go back 10 years. Give us a 10-year graph. All right. Whew. Now, that's the kind of babies I like. And there's a <laughs> lot of them. You can see a lot of these in, in uh, VectorVest. But I like the tail end of this thing. Look at the tail end of it. That's pretty. Nice breakout out of consolidation recently. Yeah. That thing's exploding and, right now. Now, what does rep, rep, uh, uh, Replogen do? Uh, they biotech? make a material that is called a protein A ligand. A ligand is a chemical term. It means it attaches to something else or something else can attach. They make a material that is used in in a process that is called uh, chromatic purification and what they do is they make these 
this material and they sell it to other biochemical companies. You know, in a chemical process, you dump a lot of stuff in a pot, you stir it up, you heat it up, and then you got to get the good stuff out from the bad stuff. <laughs> and that's called a purification process. Mm -hmm. Well, these chromatographs do that. Oh, wow. I happen to have allergies, but they don't bother me anymore because I take Claritin. Claritin is made through a chromatic purification system. And the demand for these systems is uh, is great. But so in other words, they got a real solid, they got a real solid business. And, uh, you know, the biochemical world just got started basically in 1950. Uh, I don't know many people that may see this video. I think all you guys were born after 1950, right? <laughs> well, in 1950, they discovered the double helix DNA. And companies went uh, on from there. And now you have CRISPR. Uh, and there are many, many other companies. Bio, biochemical companies uh, are popping up all the time. And when I see a biochemical company popping up, what I do now, this is a deep, dark secret. I never told anybody this. What I do is I look at the graph of the, of the stock, and it could be $2 or $3. And I don't care what else is important. I look at the average volume did the average volume go up? Did it double? Did it triple? Did it increase by over a million shares a day? When you see that, man, you can jump on that horse. Even though the fundamentals stink. Because that company, just do it today. Hey, hey, hey uh, Patrick, Yep. go into teeny boppers. All right. We have a we have a, a search engine. It's called Unisearch, and we got something like I don't know two three hundred searches in here. The only problem is is knowing which ones are the best ones. And one of my favorites is Teeny Boppers. Go ahead and run that search as of today. Look at this little guy called Leap 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 Therapeutics up 14% today. And all of these guys are up today. Plot the graph. All right. Now, the thing you want to do with this uh, graph is go to add parameter and go to price volume, go to 50-day uh, moving average. Click on that. You see down here in the lower right-hand corner, what's having, happening to that average volume? Look at that sucker. And you see those green spikes? Yep. Does that show any interest in this stock? I'd say so. What's what's the earnings per share? Look at, look at EPS. Looks like here. it's rising over the last year, pulling back a yep. little bit right now, but still higher yep. over a year basis. Yeah, but so. it's... 
if you look at the data set, it's minus 50 cents a share. And here I said, don't buy stocks that are losing money, okay? That's for the, the newbies, all right? Once you know what you're doing, you know, you let the trend be your friend. And look at, the, look at this thing. Look at the last, last five days. It's gone from about dollar eighty-five to three twenty or so, so almost doubled in the last week or so. <laughs> How you like that? I'd take that any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 you know, I gave you I gave you a hint here that could be worth a fortune. Mm -hmm. So just don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> But this is what VectorVest is all about. VectorVest is a fantastic system. I mean, this is why I love it, and I still play with it. Um, so on an, on an, uh, another subject, um, you know, obviously you've been investing for years, uh, ever since you started, well, getting into the VectorVest side of things back in the 70s, but even before that. Uh, what is one piece of advice that somebody told you that you feel – is the most important thing you've learned that you want to pass on to new investors, for example. So that's going to conclude part two of our special interview. Hopefully you enjoyed today's interview. And if you did, as always, smash that like button. And if you're not already subscribed to the channel, make sure to hit that red subscribe button down in the bottom right and turn on the notifications so that way you get notified when part three gets released. See you then. Thank you for supporting our podcast and for being a part of VV Nation. Remember, you can always get a free stock analysis on your stocks. Simply go to VectorVest.com forward slash free. Type in your symbol, submit your email, and we will email your analysis.